0: Lots uh, lots happening, uh, ladies and gentlemen, especially the start of session uh, up in Albany. And uh, certainly a part of that is uh, New York State Senator Anthony Palumbo representing the first uh, senatorial district. Always a welcome. We say a very good morning to you, sir, and a very happy New Year to you as well.
1: Yes, to you as well, my friend. Happy New Year, Jack.
0: Indeed, indeed. A big year for all. And here you go up to Albany for the start of it all. Uh, Senator, and uh you know I'll tell you a lot of unfinished business uh certainly, but uh, uh on the attack, many will be and trying to get things done, correct
1: yeah, and we'll see um you know where the priorities lie, obviously it's um the governor's still talking about housing um, you know I'm a less government is more kind of guy, and I feel as though you know local control is very important, so. Hopefully, uh, you know it'll be a bit of a mixed bag, and, and and I'm also hoping that, based upon public opinion, that we make some fix to the criminal justice uh, reforms that have taken place in the past few years, because those are those are a significant significant concern as well.
0: Yeah, uh, you know it's amazing how they can kind of uh, you know kind of crunch in a little bit with the clean slate uh, act and everything else. Uh, But uh, so many other different areas, even, you know, the reports today that the murder rate has uh, dropped uh, in our city. Um, But uh, with that being said, there are other areas as well. Uh, Larcenies and everything else are are on the rise. You know, and that signifies to me that, uh, you know, we've got a weak system as far as the conviction rate and everything else. Uh, rehabilitation rate, you know, you don't even think about that because people are being let out on the streets. That has to be a priority uh, in discussions, no question.
1: Yeah, for sure. And when you when you see the, you know, typical um, politician way to conflate certain statistics with others, um, you know, Joe Biden saying, oh, my goodness, inflation is only 3%. You know, this is great. This is amazing. You know, thanks to me. Wait a second. When you do the math and you think about this, that means prices are only inflating. They're going up by 3%. We already had 8 9%. Prices aren't coming down. They're continuing to rise, but they're just rising at a slower rate. And when you compare that to wages, um, they've been rising much more quickly than wages have. So, uh, meaning, you know, prices. So it's just a way to be cute with the numbers, um, you know, and, and uh, overwhelmingly, when you see in these polls that, that, that if people don't feel safe, there's something wrong, and people don't feel safe, overwhelmingly. You know, the numbers are in, I believe it's around 70% of people, particularly in New York City, just say that they're not safe, and this is thanks to the legislature, period. There's no other explanation for it. You know, they blamed it on COVID, but if you look at the pre-COVID numbers to the current numbers, um they're significantly higher, generally speaking, um, and uh, you know, and and obviously, uh, conviction rates, incarceration rates. Um, you know, it's not always about well, if we're putting people in jail, there must be something wrong. Well, no, there's you know, people need to be punished. That creates a deterrent uh, for future crime. So, you know, there's a, there's a balance there that you want a fair system without question, um, but you don't want a system that just says you know because. There are maybe some tweaks that need to be need to be made. Let's start with letting everyone out. We'll, we'll let everyone out first, and then we'll see what we can do. Instead of incrementally trying to fix those those issues, um, they'll just overwhelmingly with a broad stroke make very vast changes, which is what happened, um, which are not for the public good, quite frankly.
0: Yep, uh, And Blumbo with us, state senator. You know, it's interesting when you hear her say regarding objectives. You know, she wants to make the state safer. She wants to make it more affordable. You know, I guess more livable. Uh, but when I look at the numbers where New York has lost more people over a period of time, I think it 102,000 over uh, a year's period there, uh, summer to summer. Um, how, do you, how do you make it more livable? If people live in here, obviously people living here can't afford to live here. They're not happy with what's going on. They see what's happening to our city, you know, with the uh, insertion of of hundreds of thousands of individuals seeking asylum and everything else. Uh, They see a, a governor who's somewhat weak in response, who can only think about expediting work permits in conjunction with what the city's mayor is saying as well. So how could there be any confidence as far as leadership is concerned, when you have all this going on?
1: And that's the ultimate question, right? When you see that, uh, that's the net number. We lost 100,000 people. Um, that's, that's you know, af- after receiving a bunch of people, a bunch of undocumented and a bunch of people that, of yeah. course, may have migrated in. We're losing people net more than any other state. And that's really the uh, the, the, the real question, because, you know, you have, People can use all the rhetoric they want. They can rhetorically speak and say, this is my priority. It's almost like Joe Biden saying, uh, you know, these are easy references. That's why I keep referring to them. Mm -hmm. You know, the border is closed. You're not allowed in, people. No way. And meanwhile, we have the interdiction rate and, and, uh, you know, we have have hundreds of thousands of people now weekly pouring in. Um, You know, that's just not true. You can say what you want to say, but we know reality. And, uh, you know, the, the true colors are shown by your actions. For example, the governor just signed into law a bill that the two Democrat majorities put forward that said um, that moved all of our local elections, just like mayor and a village yes. trustee, moved them to the federal and state cycle, except for New York City. So it was so important because we needed, quote, voter participation, was was her reason. We need to get more people to vote. And in presidential and gubernatorial years, more people historically go to the polls, really, because we're overwhelmingly Democrat in this state. We're more than two to one. And I've said this before on your show, that if you do the math, the actual numbers, have, we have more registered independents than Republicans in the state of New York. Registered Republicans are actually third as far as those individuals, but 22 percent registered Republican and just under 50 percent registered Democrat. Um, And the balance, of course, around 23% registered independent. So, you know, this is completely untrue. And really, it's just intellectually dishonest that we need better participation only in the suburbs where she's not doing well. Meaning, if everybody votes in a presidential gubernatorial, it will most likely benefit Democrats because there's so many more of them registered. And yet, if they don't do it for New York City because they want to be able to have their specific issues, um, on the off year, which is what is appropriate for county and town and village smaller elections so you don't get gobbled up in the news cycle talking about the president and Congress and state legislators. Um, they just won't be able to be heard, and those issues will just be drowned out. So, you know, these are the type of things where I think it's actions certainly speak louder than words. Um, so to say something um, is virtually useless when your actions dictate otherwise.
0: You know, it's interesting. I was on one of these uh, shows last week and they wanted me to kind of comment on that as far as moving the uh, electoral years and everything else. And I said, listen, and it created a little bit of a a debate uh, between myself and the host of the show. And it was like, you know, to me, it's a derivative of one party rule. One party rule in the state of New York has been proven to be unsuccessful uh, to many out there. And, you know, you look at congestion pricing and everything else. You know, it's it's not in favor of the of the resident anymore. It's in favor to a party line that only sees things one way, and that is a detrimental effect as far as how government is run.
1: And, and that's perfectly said. And and, and the, I could go on and on with these little nuanced bills that people don't know about. Obviously, I live it. I vote on every single bill. And we read them, and we have, you know, we have counsel and we have lawyers that can help us, you know, understand nuances if there are any issues. And, you know, the the, uh, the in addition to the moving the election bill, there's another bill, which which is complete is a great example of what you're saying, where in order to challenge any election making an, uh, during the election cycle under the election law to challenge, say petitions to challenge, you know, a candidate's residency, all these other issues that you have during elections, you can no longer sue in your respective county. They put together a bill that requires you to either sue in Albany, Westchester, Rochester, and I think the other one was, I think it was Manhattan. So instead of bringing a case in Suffolk County, if you're fighting about the Suffolk County legislature, instead are doing it here. You have to bring it to these historically very Democrat districts like Albany and Rochester and Westchester and and, and the the city. So you can't even sue locally because we have these judges who were being, I would say, fair, or they're people in those respective districts making rulings that they didn't like because they want, you know, like an anti Trump type judge to rule on all of the election law issues statewide. And think about how partisan that is, and think about how really, you know, anti-democracy, you know, they talk about saving democracy, and it's the exact opposite, that you can't do it in your local area, you need to do it in some of these really stacked court districts because they said so, period. Um, it's just, it, it's, it's really gone, they've really gone bananas, that we've really lost our focus on, like you say, the residents, and we serve the people, they don't serve us. You know, and it's like gerrymandering districts. You don't pick your voter. The voters pick you. Um, so it's really it's really sad that this is the current state of affairs. I keep hope alive, Jay. I keep fighting. I'm up here as we speak. I'm in my hotel room in Albany. We have our first session today. We're going to do some housekeeping, um, introductory remarks, and we're going to get the year going. And, you know, I will keep hope alive and keep fighting um, to do the right thing for Senate District 1, As my predecessor, Ken LaValle, said, who was there for 44 years in my seat, uh, you know, first district first. That's my priority. I do what's best for my district. Um, And, uh, you know, we'll just keep on keeping on and hope that uh, sanity ultimately wins the day.
0: State Senator Anthony Palumbo with us. Um, You know, it's it's interesting where there's been so much discussion regarding uh, reparations uh, back in the day. And, uh, listen, I am all for discussion in a sensible fashion. But, quite frankly, I want to see things get accomplished. I think a lot of people do. I think the reparations back and forth, and uh, basically it always comes down to dollars, not enough being in there from a realistic fashion. But, to me, if that is brought up in discussion as far as being prior one, I don't think a lot of people are going to be thrilled with that.
1: Sure. And, you know, the reparations idea is, is obviously it's a virtue signal to garner votes. Um, I mean, you want to talk about reparations. What about Native American nations? What about them? Yeah. You know, we're going to only talk about, you know, a certain demographic group that's entitled to money for something that happened generations ago. That was an atrocity. We all agree that that was an atrocity. And, you know, I, I saw even in uh, England, um, Don LeMon had someone on, um, and and uh, I forget who, who she was, but she was in government, and they talked about that, and she said, that would be great, because there are many English families that lost their loved ones fighting on behalf of, um, you know, people of color and certain groups. So that would really make sense, and Don LeMon didn't know what to do with himself, because historically, she was providing all these facts. That would make sense, that if you're going to start with one group, you really need to do all of them. Or we can just move forward as, as a society, thank goodness we have, and we can, you know, abolish slavery. We can do things. We can allow women to vote. I mean, there's also some reparations that would probably do every female in this country if we're going to go that route. So, you know, it's something that, as I said, the governor signed a bill creating a task force to look at reparations because, you know, Gavin Newsom did it in California Um, You know, they're doing it in San Francisco, so Governor Hochul felt she needed to show off her progressive chops, I guess, and uh, show that she, too, is a liberal and a progressive um, and signed it with all this fanfare and a big press conference. But, you know, bottom line is um, these things are just, uh, just political moves. They don't do anything to advance society. I think they create more of a racial divide when now you're highlighting that these poor folks who really suffered over the years, yeah, they deserve reparations, but what about everybody else? Where do you draw the line? Um, so it, it, it's it's the current state of affairs where it's all about power and getting reelected and winning elections. It's more about that than it is about you know reality. Um, I mean, I can go on and on. I don't want to talk too much on uh, you know on these issues, but you know, the governor just vetoed the Grieving Families Act, which would change our completely archaic law with respect to wrongful death. She you veto that, and you have the legislature just standing by. When they have supermajority, they have all these press conferences and say how they care about families, those who have lost a loved one should get adequate compensation, and they do, they'll do all this, you know, with, with patting themselves on the back for doing such great work. And then the governor vetoes. Okay, well, you know, they have flexed their muscles when they wanted to get rid of Hector LaSalle, the first Latino nominee for chief judge for political reasons, because they knew that they had the, the case involving the congressional district lines, the gerrymandered district lines, or not gerrymandered district lines, whatever, you however you want to couch it. That was coming up before the Court of Appeals. So they wanted to stack the court with their political people to throw out the maps, which they just did about two weeks ago. They threw out the maps as they had hoped because they got all their progressive picks on the court. they flexed flex their muscles for politics but they won't flex their muscles and override the veto for grieving families. So let's be honest. I mean, let's just call it what it is and just say they really don't care. So stop t- trying to tell me as a Republican that you care more than me because, you know, you do all these things when it's just completely silliness. Uh, it, it's, it's complete silliness, and it's just dishonest. So, you know, and and again, I'm going to try and keep hope alive, Jay. <laughs> I don't want to be so— yeah, you want to keep you
0: know, positive— yeah. yeah no, listen, you got the right attitude. listen you go at it, you go at it as hard as anyone up there. You know it's just that there's so many barriers, and I you know I look at a budget gap right now, which is a little over four billion dollars, and I ask myself, um, how is anything going to be really discussed properly? You know, if you're looking about uh affordable housing and everything else, wonderful. uh how do you overcome a budget gap of that magnitude? Um, that is uh, going to be the big question right now. I, I I can't imagine things being smooth as silk between Kathy Hochul and the State Ledge. We know it flared up last year. And certainly, uh, you know, uh, as we ended 2023, the Flames were stoked even more so. I mean, she vetoed several bills with strong support, ones to ban non-compete clauses, I remember, Uh, the posting of emergency contracts and everything else, I mean, there's a back and forth here, but I think the gap of the budget is key here, to overcome that.
1: Sure, and you know, in the grand scheme of things, that's less than 2% of our budget, Yeah, should be able to trim the fat and get it squared away. And this is what has really bloated government, because they raised taxes, we're the highest tax state now in the country, they raised taxes which raised revenues in the short term. So they had this windfall of money pouring in. In the billions of dollars, we were, what, 239, 30, around 230 billion with a B. Yeah. Um, when I started 10 years ago, it was around, what, a 150 or so? So they continue to tax our residents, generating you know revenue raisers, even through the pandemic. You know, these numbers have have been skyrocketing, and they just keep spending every nickel. Don't put it back into the taxpayer's pocket. They figure they can just bleed everyone dry. Well, guess what? We've lost more people than any other big city state. We lost a congressional seat during the census because we lost so many people. We used to have, I think it was 52 or 55 congressional seats, which is based on your relative population countrywide. We We were at, let's just say, 50 we now have 26 because we keep losing bodies because people can't afford to live here so yeah there's a budget gap and how is this not a, this was clearly expected on my end because you can only use so much so much of other people's money until the well runs dry you know the billionaires that we have people think they're unlimited i think the number is right around 120 of them now so 120 individuals and they pay about 40% Of the income tax, so if you lose just you you lose just twelve of them, that's ten percent. That's a four percent budget gap right there, you know, roughly. Um, So these are the kind of numbers that it's not really as much fuzzy math as you think. That these are actually things that can be anticipated and can be dealt with. Look at Ed Romaine in Brookhaven, the new county executive. He had a flat budget. In a in a in a county that's 500,000 people, that's almost as large as the state of Wyoming, for Pete's sake. And he was flat through the pandemic. He did what needed to be done by rearranging and organizing government in a way that you do not continue. You don't need to continue bludgeoning the taxpayer and raising rates. He kept it flat because he shrunk government, and that's what we need to do up here. Because you know that the, the bottom line is. It is about the taxpayer, and if you lose taxpayers, you lose that revenue source. And the more miserably you make them by either your policies, whether it's criminal justice or or otherwise, or most importantly, taxes, you keep taking every dollar that they make and slicing it up even further, um, they're going to leave. And they're going to go to these low-tax states or states where they have zero income tax, and there are a lot of them, Florida, Texas, Tennessee, uh, North Carolina, the list goes on. So. Um, New Hampshire. So that's really our issue is we need to just govern properly instead of having these, you know, fancy, uh, you know, exciting press conferences about all of our new policy that's going to cost all this money. We need to slow down. You know, we're going to ban gas stoves and ban gas vehicles. Um, Let's do that smartly. We're all about renewables. We all agree. But let's do them smartly and reliably so that we don't have these rolling blackouts. And so police departments and hospitals, Don't have to run on a generator most of the day um, when we don't have sun. You know, let's do this, but let's do it right.